0: Welcome to Scrappy ABM, your source for groundbreaking approaches that don't break the bank. ABM shouldn't cost 200k in tech to even get started. So if you want to get started with ABM or make your program even better without investing a massive amount of money, you're in the right place. Each week we'll hear from the brightest minds in the marketing world who are redefining ABM, achieving incredible results with untraditional methods, limited resources, and a whole lot of creativity. This isn't a show about how much money you can spend on fancy tech or overhyped tools. Instead, it's about celebrating creative problem solving and the scrappiness it takes to get ABM right. We'll dive into how these marketing leaders built robust ABM strategies with limited resources, revealing the actionable insights that led to their biggest wins. So if you're a marketer ready to challenge the status quo and build a scalable, efficient, effective marketing strategy, Scrappy ABM is the show for you. So if you're ready to discover ABM strategies that are lean, impactful, and utterly transformative, let's dive into this episode.
1: Hey everybody, let me let me introduce Mason. Um, I've just gotten to know Mason. Um, in fact, I've had a very embarrassing phone call with him and I don't even know if, if you're holding it. We chatted and I got so excited, Mason and I got a lot of things in common. And uh, he had said, uh, he's like, hey, I gotta go, I'm going to another meeting. And I said, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. And I started sharing something else and he's like, i gotta go <laughs> and i'm like oh my gosh oh man i haven't made that mistake in a while but i again apologize to you mason for no. doing that but i, I really uh, enjoyed the
0: conversation you uh you are offering a lot of value for people so i'm excited for our conversation today
1: yes thank you so much well let me set this up um hi wendy thanks for joining us um hey i'm gonna set this up for everybody and, and those that saw um, The way I came across Mason is um, he commented on a post that I commented on. We were talking about social and Mason said in his comment that he has one point four four million in pipeline and two hundred and sixty seven thousand in closed business, all from his personal LinkedIn account. And um, a couple of things stood out for me. First of all, congratulations. Thank you. And second of all, how and then how did you track it? Because so often I hear with sales leaders is yeah, that's social selling. It's kind of cute, but since you can't track anything, um, we don't touch it. So yeah. Mason, Mason is the director of growth. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm
0: no, no worries. Totally, we we were just totally, acquired, so it's, uh, yeah. it, it, we're in the new name myself, but we I'm director of growth at gravity global
1: gravity global there you go i knew the name had changed and i put it was on the the thing but anyway um mason welcome to the digital influence show
0: absolutely thank you so much for having me
1: so tell me a little bit about that comment um and then we're gonna i'm gonna want to deep dive a little bit and see where you know what did you do to generate that i think there's gonna be a lot of people out there that go i'd love to have those numbers
0: (laughs) yeah Uh, what'd you do (laughs) so really I got active on LinkedIn about a year ago, it's, and we're coming up on a year. So it was mid September. And the, the reason I got active on LinkedIn is I served as the, uh, at that time, just marketing director of an agency that specialized in ABM and mm-hmm. my whole job as a marketing director of an agency was we need to be practicing what we preach. So. If we're an ABM agency, we should probably be doing ABM ourselves and ABM meaning uh, account-based marketing. So to quickly define that, account-based marketing is you name the companies that you want to work with and you create marketing collateral and materials and everything around your marketing is focused on creating deep engagement, which just means they're reading your content. They're showing up to your webinars. They're actively a part of conversations with you so that you can then invite them into your uh, sales conversations and then work with them. Um, It is a highly effective strategy for B2B. So really, again, all I was doing was launching into that myself. We had a target account list of, I I looked at it through the lens of, you know, if you're a B2B marketing agency, there's literally thousands, if not tens of thousands of companies you could work with. So I focused in on 500 and said, Mm -hmm. these are the 500 companies that I would love to work with over the next decade. So how do I... Because again, we're thinking marketing agency. You really only need to close 30 deals a year to see some pretty significant growth. So then I just started connecting. You get 100 connection requests a week, started connecting with every person in my target account, all of my target accounts. So I had a list of literally 1600 people. So that took 16 weeks. It's just another 100 connection requests. Um, From there, you start creating content that's valuable for those people. And I've been doing that again, since September. And as a result of, of doing that every week, um, I've, I've gone from 1600 followers to I've just passed 9,700 today. Um, and I talk about ABM, talk about marketing careers. I talk (laughs) about, um, really just how to, how to grow in a company, both professionally and grow the company itself. And when you talk about that enough people will start to continually engage. So eventually target accounts started to engage in all of my content. And I started to see likes and comments and those target accounts went from, you know, a name on a list to a relationship because they were the right people. Right. Um, and then over time you start to get the occasional inbound message that says, Hey, i really, I really like your content. This is great. I say, Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Like what's value about valuable about it. And then they'll tell me, you know, I uh, I actually use your post as a proof of concept to my CEO that ABM can work I'm like that's amazing. Would it make sense for us to have a conversation around partnering on ABM for your business? Then we schedule a meeting. And again, we typically have roughly a 30 to 60 day sales cycle. So what's been interesting is that 1.44 million in pipeline. And that 267,000 in revenue, that has been generated in the past three months. So it took six months to build up enough of a, of a following and a platform and to get some traction to start actually getting people into the pipeline. But now it's become one of the main pipeline generation drivers for the business. So at a high level, about 10 months summarized. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's really, that's really good. Well, thank you. Thank you for summarizing all that for us. Talk to me. You said a couple of things, and if, if anybody sees me, I'm always writing notes. Uh, so I make sure I ask good follow up questions. But uh, so you set out the connection request. What was your style with connection requests? And you said you get 100 a week, and, so it's, and you had 1,600 people, it took 16 weeks. Um, what style or what? you know, maybe you started with different styles and evolved it, but tell us about your connection request.
0: Yeah. So this is going to be, this be controversial. Um, I don't send a message. Um, I just send a, a request because candidly, when I got started with this, I really didn't have much to go off of other than I can look at their bio and maybe there's something I can pull out of their bio. But what I have personally experienced is when you get like a a bio related connection request, it typically results in immediate connect and pitch. So if you just send nothing, um, I actually saw my connection acceptance was higher. That was for me personally. Um, Then the other side Mm -hmm. is, as an example to I think the way that we even got connected is you'd seen a comment, you commented on that comment, and then you connected with me and said, Hey, this comment was awesome. Great insight. I'd love to invite you onto a show. So if there's a very specific, clear reason that is, that is highly contextual, that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I've done both. But if, if you're in the middle ground where you're trying to make context, I found personally that doesn't work for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I and I get that. I mean, I think there's um, where I would say the opportunity is is um, creating. Like you and I connected through commenting Mm -hmm. on and uh, you commented and I commented on your comment, right? Um, For me, that was strategic. I wanted to get to know you (laughs) and I knew as soon as I commented um, if I didn't comment like a douchebag or something, right? If I, if I was cordial and conversational and not like a, you know, or trying to close a deal that um, we'd have a decent little comment chat and then I could send the connection request and most likely I was going to get it. Normally there's about a hundred percent acceptance rate after you chat with somebody on it. So, and I think there's a time and place for both, you know? Yes. Uh, My buddy, Sebastian um, is a, Sorry, I, I think was, we have a delay. Sorry
0: about that. I, I think we have a slight delay as well. But um, the, the only thing I was going to add to that is, I, I think your point is is spot on of if you can create the context and it makes sense contextually, send the note. But honestly, for a lot of people, they are starting from ground zero and they really yeah. just need to get something going. And as I've had conversations where it relates to this topic, people really overthink the note. And as a result, they don't send out as many. And I think if you're just trying to get something going and get started, it's better to just send it, send yeah. out the connections, especially if you don't connect and pitch. Because if you're not connecting and pitching and you're just connecting, it's then through the content that you post and the comments that you leave of now the people that are in your network that you start to build the relationship. So again, I think both work. Yep. But you know what I've found is you need to be again, highly contextual, or in some sense, cold and just take the risk. If you try to fake (laughs) content, or if you try to fake context, it's not going to work.
1: Right? Yeah, I you know, what? I agree with you, Mason, I think that, um, you know, I think that there are different tactics for different skill sets, or different confidence levels. And, um, you know, one of the tactics is send out the cold request, and then just reply with the "Hey, thanks for connecting" when it comes in, and then um, let your content speak for it. Uh, especially when you got that mix of personal—I, you know—we're gonna. I want to ask you about that, but that mix of personal, authentic, uh, human, as I call the humanity type post, mixed in with your expertise. Keep the brochures away. Keep the product pitches away, and all that. And then conversation can flow much more naturally that way.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So, um, let's move then to your content style as I set that up. Um, you know, what, um, what, what was your, your, did you have a strategy when you started? Did you think too much about it? Um, you know, the Wendy's comment, no faking it, please. What, what's your style been?
0: Um, I don't really have much of a strategy candidly. I I genuinely I get up and I think about what is happening either today, what happened yesterday, what's happening tomorrow. I just I, I know that I have a, excuse me. I have I have built a reputation as someone that is authentic. And I used to try to write out and plan all these posts and what ended up happening when i would plan out posts is i'd get really really good marketing copy because i'm a marketer and it would be essentially mm. like a an email pitch like that's what it started to feel like versus right. if i get up i give myself 5 10 minutes to write out a post it always comes across as authentic because it genuinely is so yeah. that's that's my strategy again i know that doesn't work for everybody mm-hmm. cuz i also by trade, I'm a content marketer. So in the past year, I've written like 4 million words. So again, I recognize in myself that writing is is not as difficult because a lot of people do get stumped on the words. So right. again, I, I encourage people start. And as you get into it, you can recognize in yourself, okay, I just, I just saw something because I know people that have Excel spreadsheets where they're taking down post ideas. And that works for some people, other people playing out a whole month of content in a single sitting. Then there's people like me and there's also people like uh, Nick Bennett is very similar to myself and Nick Bennett's got 35,000 followers. So again, mm-hmm. he just sits down, has a thought, posts it, and then moves on. So again, right? they all work, but it's, it's what one will work for you. And then two, what resonates with your audience. When I was mm-hmm. pre planning posts, it didn't resonate when I'm authentic and I don't plan posts, it resonates.
1: That's I. I I really like that, Mason, and I and I think the other piece is for most people having a system is hard. And so giving them the freedom to be themselves and share like, you know, um, Butch and I were talking this morning, Butch, Butch just chimed in here. Sue said, Mason is the second person I've heard in the last couple of weeks who said they have better results with cold contacting and not pitching. Um, but Butch and I were talking, it's, you know, so many times, it's it's just getting started and not overthinking. So the, it poses this question for me, Mason. Um, how did you connect those dots then from posting whatever was on your mind? And I know, I know as much as you say there was no strategy behind your, you know, you were just kind of being more authentic. I'm sure there was a bit of a strategy. But then how did that get the dots connected to the actual sales? I think that's the million dollar questions people are going to want to ask. And I'll say it this no. way. I just, I just write whatever's going on with me and post it on LinkedIn. And then eight months later, I got a quarter million dollars worth of business.
0: Valid valid question. <laughs> so to, to your, to your point, um, I, I know the topics people want to hear from me. So I know I work at an ABM agency. I know that I execute ABM. I know that there are lots of questions as it relates to ABM. So I talk about ABM. I also know that I happen to run a marketing careers related podcast and that I essentially built the resource that I wanted when I was getting started in my career. So people also look to me for career advice. I also know that young professionals look to me for how do I get started on LinkedIn? And I also know that, um, (laughs) There was a time where my wife and I were doing TikTok and doing medical or marketing because she's a nurse and there are candidly a few women that just adore my wife for like getting involved in anything marketing. So they like to see the occasional post about my wife. So I know that those are the things people are looking for Um, and talking to my wife. Your point also makes me a little bit more human. So that's really what I stick to is the occasional, maybe once every few weeks, Something about like girling for my wife or what we're doing on the weekend or just, again, being a human. And the rest of the time I'm talking about LinkedIn growth. I'm talking about ABM and I'm talking about uh, marketing careers. Or if I have a speaking engagement, I talk about that. So mm-hmm. to your point, I don't plan out the posts, but I know what I should be talking about. And I have thoughts on those things on a fairly frequent basis. So it's not, they're not planned, but I know my I know my lanes.
1: Mm-hmm. How, how, does that how would
0: you... Go ahead.
1: Go ahead. No, no, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, and then how does that relate back to revenue and actually generating that pipeline? Uh, Again, specifically as it relates to talking about account-based marketing, people then ask questions. So I'll see questions come up in my DMs and um, I host sessions where I can then invite people to talk in depth about their account-based marketing strategies. And I invite them to speaking engagements about account-based marketing. And we continue to do that. And then eventually they say, Hey, I want to partner with your company. I want to explore partnering with your company because you've been in my feed every day, regardless if it's account-based marketing or not, they see me every day, sometimes multiple times a day. I'm genuinely so focused on adding value and helping them. And I, I have a love hate relationship with the phrase adding value because it's so vague, (laughs) but let me, let me be very clear on genuinely trying to help them where they don't need me, but I tell them exactly how to do it. And what that ends up doing is most people don't have the time to go stand up an account-based marketing program because it's not it's not something you can just do on a weekend. Right. It's pretty labor intensive, right. but by telling them exactly how to do it and the steps and the lessons that I'm actively learning as I stand up programs, it then builds the trust that they know I know what I'm talking about and I can do it for them so there's Mm -hmm. all of that and then like i had mentioned earlier i built an audience that was intentionally my ideal customers so most of the people that follow and engage with my content are actually my target accounts that i'm trying to actively work with so if i see somebody so i'll give you an example somebody that was previously a closed lost opportunity that actually came through my linkedin recently i've seen an uptick in them liking and commenting on my posts for the past three weeks So I just shot them a DM and said something to the extent of, hey, it's been a while since we've talked. How are you doing? And we've been just chatting back and forth through the DMs over the past couple of weeks. So I just plan to ask, hey, I'll have and i call it out and say, hey, I've seen you engage a lot with my account-based marketing content. Are you guys looking for an ABM agency again, or are you just looking to learn more and you just enjoyed some of the things that I've been talking about? If they say, actually, yeah, we're we're looking to potentially re-engage an agency, I'll say fantastic. Would it make sense to have a call next week? And if they say, no, we're just looking to learn. I'll say, fantastic. I'm really glad you're enjoying my content. I I really appreciate the support. And that's it. And when you do that and you, again, you look at who is actively engaging your intro message is just, Hey, thank you so much for engaging with my content. I really appreciate your support. It's not salesy. Mm -hmm. It's just genuinely thankful because I do genuinely appreciate when people engage like it's it's nice for me. I enjoy (laughs) seeing people like my stuff, Um, but then based on that, if they'll almost always respond and say, absolutely, I really appreciate you making content. You can always then ask what is most helpful. And -hmm. when you ask what is most helpful, if they say account based marketing, I can then launch into, oh, that's awesome. What has been helpful about account based marketing? And we just continue to dig and dig and dig until they tell me something that is an indicator of we should enter into a conversation. And if they never say anything, I never ask. And we've just continued to actually build a more one to one relationship. So that's as it relates to account based marketing. The other thing that's been interesting talking about marketing careers is I've actually helped about 20 people land new jobs. Mm -hmm. And when you help somebody land a new job, they really like you. (laughs) and they're all yeah. in marketing departments so what ends up happening is when they need an agency they know that i truly value their success over just making a dollar so there's a deep level of trust and they just like me because i helped them land a job right. so that's been a circuitous route but still a route nonetheless
1: yeah i like it and i'm gonna put this up and nikki uh, good to see you It's it been a little few weeks but nikki thanks for joining and hopefully she's still around but I really like this that Nikki added is, especially at the end. Living authentically means you can trust yourself and your motivations implicitly. Implicitly, implicitly. and and I believe thanks for adding that, Nikki. But that's kind of the way I would summarize you, you, what you just said. What your strategy was, your motivations are genuine. You want to help people, but we also know it's it's kind of like it's it's. It's also strategic. Mm-hmm. we help people we know you know you know give and it shall be given. The more we help people, the more help we also receive. Um, but there's there's got to be an element of trusting that as a process versus pound 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 how how did you get there that you actually this is a common denominator, my guests that are doing really well with social media. Um, They don't sell, but they make, they, they sell more than any salespeople that I know, but they don't sell, but they close a lot more deals. Yeah, How did you get there to trust that?
0: So my first job in sales had no marketing support. I was a print ad executive and I was in the state of Mississippi selling ads in a parenting magazine straight out of college. So I know what it's like to pound the phones. And to manage 30 clients, because we didn't also, we never passed them off. Like once we sold them, we had to manage that client for the life of the client. I know what it's like to do that. It's Mm -hmm. difficult. It's not fun. You feel like in some sense, when you get into a sales conversation, you're trying to twist somebody's arm into actually buying. But the reality is when I transitioned over into marketing, I understood the value of adding value and building relationships and building a brand and building affinity and building trust. Mm-hmm. So that now that I have transitioned back into this hybrid role where I'm doing both marketing and sales, I go into a sales conversation with marketers, viewing things as a marketer. I'm having a highly strategic conversation and I am the first person to tell people, Hey, I don't think that we're going to be the right fit. or. Some to the extent of, you know, we, we may not be the best partner for you because the other thing that's happened by building so much trust and building so much affinity with people is candidly, I could probably send out 20 DMS today and generate 10 new opportunities because I've been so focused on helping others that I've made enough relational deposits that Mm -hmm. if I needed to pull out of those deposits, There's enough relational equity there that it wouldn't damage a relationship.
1: Yeah. Can you talk more about that? I think it's such an important thing when we talk about relational equity and deposits versus withdrawals. You mind sharing a bit more about that? I think it's so important for people to understand.
0: Yeah. So think about the last time that you got a cold pitch in your LinkedIn DMs, you almost felt offended because. It was
1: not, not almost,
0: yeah, <laughs> you, you even <laughs> potentially, yeah, no,
1: you felt offended. <laughs>
0: um, so what ended up happening is to some extent you trusted someone to let them into your sphere and before you ever got to know them, they betrayed your trust by saying, I need to make a sale right now. They took a withdrawal before they ever made a deposit and we get upset and frustrated by that. Whereas when you let someone into your sphere. You can then take care of that trust and nurture that trust through commenting, through posting, through helpful DMS and by building that trust. And again, actually helping people before ever asking for anything in return, Mm -hmm. when it comes to ask, you're not offended. And again, I've had plenty of people say, Hey, I really love your content. I'm like, I've even had people go as far as to say, I was blown away that you would message me, which is just mind boggling to me in the first place. But again, I've made so many relational deposits that when I made an ask, it was, Hey, I really appreciate your content. I love how, how willing and generous you are with your time, but we're not the right fit. We're not the right time X, Y, and Z. So again, that's fine. And they're not offended, they still engage with my content. And what ends up happening is they actually send people my way. So that's, that's relational equity. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I, um, I love that Mason, and thanks for sharing it. And and it sounds like to me, your focus on your ideal customer, and their genuine your genuineness to help them is where that begins. And, and one of the things that you said earlier that I'd love for you to speak on is, you said you give them all the answers. Mm-hmm. Like you just freely give them all the answers. We've, I believe we've moved out of the era of gated content because nobody wants to be spammed. You know, They don't wanna give up their email address because they know that like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna get 10,000 emails. And so we live in an era, I believe, and this is what you're saying, where we just we give you give everything. But there's a lot of companies that are either they don't have the the time, they don't have the staff, they don't have whatever, and they're still going to need you. Could you can you speak a little bit about that and having the confidence? Because I know there's still a lot of people that they just want to hold their secret sauce so close yeah. that um, they they won't do it willingly.
0: My average posts reach 2,500 to 5,000 people. I'll have the occasional good post that reaches 10,000 people. I need 30 of them to buy from me in the next 12 months. That's it. So if I can build enough trust with those 30 people, then they will buy. And what's really cool is that the other people that never buy from me will take the information, they will run with it, they will execute and they will point back to the content that I created as one of their large reasons for success. So that when one of their friends comes along and says, man, I love what you've been able to build. I really need help. I know that you're busy building it there. And I don't have the time to build it. What would you recommend? Yeah, I've been engaging with a guy named Mason for a while. He's got a ton of helpful content, I'd recommend you reach out to him. And then I've gotten referrals from people that have taken my ideas and run with them. So again, it builds trust with my immediate audience to buy from me, but it also builds trust with the audience that actually does execute to then send people my way.
1: Yeah. And that's, I believe is all part of that circle of trust that you build. And it's a term that I've used over the years is developing that circle of trust. Um, that's one aspect of it that it's not necessarily tangible, but it's, there's a lot of power in it and there's a lot of revenue that generates from it. Yes. Um, people refer all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, you'll hear it referenced as this kind of brand halo effect But again, when you were, when you add value, when you help others, you build a reputation that then results in people coming to you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And Nikki, Nikki, message again on that, Mason, I believe a relational equity is to be carefully cultivated and preserved. This builds trust that can greatly influence others. And that again, uh, Nikki, thank you for that. She just kind of summarized, I think, what your your strategy is and what you do. Hey, Mason, um, thank you so much for giving us a half hour of your time and sharing your experiences. Um, if anybody wants to reach out to you, obviously, if they're here on LinkedIn, you, you've been tagged in this, but if they're watching it on uh, or listening on the podcast or watching it on the YouTube channel or anywhere else, where where can they, where's the best place for them to follow you and find you and read all this awesome content you share?
0: It would be LinkedIn. spent a lot of time there. The other place is I also have my own podcast called The Marketing Ladder. So um, that should be anywhere you find podcasts. I always say, if you find it. If you don't find it somewhere please let me know but i've been saying that for about eight months and no one has told me so i think we're everywhere
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's good stuff excellent well mason cosby thank you so much for joining us and uh everybody else thank you for uh you know coming in with the digital influence show whether you're live on linkedin or any of the other platforms watching it on the youtube channel or listening to it on the podcast um you know we what i want to do in this um with this podcast with this show is to share other people's experiences of their successes with social media i still think and as everybody knows i wear the social selling suck shirt because i think social selling has gotten such a bad rap primarily because of all the pitch slapping or the connected pitch as mason said and um, you know we need to have a movement of removing that let's bring humanity and honor back into digital-based selling by sharing content sharing information and being a giver and uh, those who give receive really big so that's uh that's the message that we're doing so thank you again mason for joining us thank you everybody for listening and uh go into the show notes and you'll be able to connect with mason his show his linkedin profile everything else so all right everybody have a wonderful day thanks again for joining
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Scrappy ABM. If you enjoyed this week's episode, go ahead and give us a follow so that you don't miss a single episode. We drop every single Monday so that you can start your week off right. And if you're looking for additional great content just like this, go check out ScrappyABM.com. We're building a library of frameworks, guides, templates, processes, and tools so you have everything that you need to build a low-budget, high-impact Scrappy program. Again, thank you for listening to this episode of Scrappy ABM. This has been your host, Mason Cosby, and we look forward to seeing you in the next one.